This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, welcome back. Uh, this week we're going not back to basics because that sounds a bit rubbish, but going back to where we started at the beginning. So some transfer rumours and we're talking about Barnsley and uh, the chances of another points deduction for League One. We've got the Fair Game Index that was published today and talking about how different clubs in League One and League Two have done. And what else, Liam? What else have we got to talk about? Uh, fake scouts. Fake scouts, yeah. Which is, and do you know what I'd say? Shocking, but it's not, is it? Let's be absolutely honest. <laughs> in age, nothing shocks you in football. Um, but we're getting closer oh, to it. And we're having well. a week off Rose Ed because you've thrown your toys out the pram and we're not doing it anymore because... It had nothing to do with me. <laughs> I wasn't involved in the conversation for as long as I'll have no. you know. We're talking about some of our superstitions and then Rose Ed's coming back in a slightly different form with one a week from, from next week. So that's something to look forward to. It's getting too busy. Have you been have you watched any preseason games? Yeah. Um I've managed to get to two. Um I went to watch Salford versus Radcliffe. Oh right. Hmm. And yeah, you know, it was it was interesting to go in there as a, as a neutral. I know you don't mm. really get excited about preseason games, but I get a little bit excited about them. It's, that's just because there's been no football, I think. Well, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But also, like, I'm going to watch County and Huddersfield on Saturday. Huddersfield was the first game that I ever went to, so there's a little bit of nostalgia. Don't normally get to see County play Huddersfield. Anyway, go on. Sorry, that's why I get excited about preseason. No, I can see it. We've got Bradford Park Avenue on Wednesday, and I love going to Park Avenue. I like, I love the ground. Um, so yeah, what I, I love about the ground. I just think it's so different. I just, I, I like how unique it is. It's just, it doesn't feel like a, it's just like a really nice place. Yeah. You've got the, you, you can drink at the side of the pitch and you've got the running track around. So like I, I take my kids and they just, mm-hmm. my kids just go off and play because there's a football pitch at the side of the pitch. They go and play. Um, it's enjoyable. But yeah, I saw, I saw Salford versus Radcliffe. It was, 
finished three nil. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think three nil kind of flattered Salford in mm. a way because Salford are to me going into this season the same way that they were last season. They still yeah. look great going forward, but they still look so shaky at the back, and that mm-hmm. was their their issue last season. They finished, I think, joint top scorers, but they leaked goals. Yeah. Every time they went forward, Radcliffe couldn't cope. They, they just couldn't. Um, yeah. And then, but then every time Radcliffe came forward, they got through. Like they would, they would break through, and they would mm-hmm. get a crossing or they would get a shot in. So Salford did look quite vulnerable. The other game was um, Bradford versus Getafe on Friday night, which was over in Spain, which was a surreal experience. We weren't supposed to be playing them, but the team mm-hmm. that was supposed to be playing couldn't. I don't know what it was. I think couldn't feel the team or, or whatever. So we played a La Liga side. We lost 3-0. We deserved to lose 3-0. They were by far mm-hmm. the better team. But when you look at that, that team compared to ours, I think I, I expected us to lose by more. Yeah. It wasn't a, it wasn't a classic, but it was a, it was just good to see everyone in the new away shirt. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's always nice. Is that the hoopy one? No, the hoopy one's the home one, isn't it? Hoopy's home. Yeah. It's the white, it's the white one, the, the uh, nice. plain white one. Which is yeah, I do like that. I think I'm gonna go. I've get not that. worn a shirt this week. I've got all three shirts now, and I've not. I was gonna wear another one to wind you up. Should have worn but... all three. Should have worn all. Three. <laughs> yeah, all the clothes. All uh, after we, I went walking the dog on uh, Tuesday morning last week and saw a man in a Stockport County shirt, and it made me smile quite a lot. Just you know, the fact that I was seeing someone in a shirt just after, and then I saw a man in full training kit like he was rocking up at Carrington in 30 minutes. I'm fairly sure he wasn't, but I, that was worse in some ways because he was top-to-toe training kit. We didn't talk about training kits last week. But, yeah, but it's just club, it's just, it's just sportswear in general. It's people that wear <laughs> it when they're not they're not going to do anything sport. It's, you know, if put it this way, if you went to a, a, a pub and there were people wearing tracksuit bottoms and a little like sports shirt that wasn't related to your team you'd go chav um you obviously don't go to the pub in stockport very often because that would be entirely normal (laughs) i have been to stockport pub once i will not be going again it was frightening experience it wasn't that bad i held your hand it was fine you weren't there for the first hour (laughs) (laughs) and you survived right so transfers Today, we've had rumours from, well, I think it was it was a Ryan Whelan really FL exclusive about oh, listen to him. Dan Kemp going to Swindon. Yeah. Um, so I've done a little bit of digging on Dan Kemp. Now, I, I like Dan Kemp. I saw him at mm-hmm. the Bulls last season. Yes. I think he was a very good player in a Hartlepool side that was terrible. Really, let's be fair, they were terrible. Um my issue with this comes from I, I first of all think that there's there's underlying issues with with Swindon here. I think that there's something going wrong elsewhere, and I don't think any signings are going to fix it until the off the field mm-hmm. issues are fixed. But we don't know what they are. No. What I'll say is so. This is what I've got on Dan Kemp, twenty four, so he's the right age. Yeah. He's short. He's five foot six. I didn't know how short he was. No. So. I didn't realise how short it was, so he's very short. He's got some mm-hmm. EFL experience, which is where they lacked recently. 84 appearances, not too many, but the guy's never played a full season of football. And we should say he's at MK Dons at the moment. We haven't said that he yet. Is. Yeah, well, I was, that was my next point. Oh, sorry. 
Um, yeah, so um, his best season was in 2020, 2021. He made 24 appearances. That was for Orient. And then he moved to mm-hmm. MK Dons, which, which is the team he's at now. Um, yeah. But MK Dons fans said that he was terrible. And it's, mm-hmm. I think it's worrying that he can't get into their side now that They've got Scott Twine, haven't they? And he's kind of played second, well, not even second fiddle to him because he hasn't hasn't been there. Um, one thing that I read about in in terms of how his fans think, how the fans think about him rather, is that he is really versatile. So not only can he play, you know, attacking midfielder, central midfielder, winger. But also in terms of opposition, they don't know what's that. What are you holding up, Liam? Um, so for the purposes of not having video, Liam's got some form of what is it, sweetie? Oh, right, I'll just carry on so, talking. So I'll then. tell you what. I'll tell you what it is. I usually I bring something to eat every week. Yeah. And last yes. week I ordered some sweets, some pick and mix sweets off the internet. I didn't realize how big three kilos was. <laughs> oh, that's impressive. Hey, we've got adverts now. Maybe they can sponsor us. Well, I'll send them a clear. We'll, we'll <laughs> send, send it to them. Sponsor us. Get, get the sweetsy pick and mix. We'll blur that out if they don't sponsor us. Yeah. Oh, Carry God. on. Right. So, right. yeah, he's really versatile. And so from an opposition point of view, quite he can be quite hard to defend against because you don't really know where he's going to be playing and what role he's going to take up. I mean, as you say, Swindon haven't really set the transfer window on fire. They've sort of signed a goalkeeper called... Um, Murphy Murphy Mahoney. So he's the second signing, well, potentially, um, of the uh, of the window and just as a loan. Um, and there are other people interested in him, but apparently Swindon is his preferred option. So expecting to see that. What do you think is going wrong at Swindon? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, Michael Flynn, I suppose, didn't really have time to bed in at the end of the season mm-hmm. so i don't think we can really know and in terms of on the on the field we're not going to know until they start playing off the field pass have you ever known a team It'd be less than three weeks until the start <laughs> of the season by the way, that's again. I don't know what that is. It's not baby milk this week. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to watch on YouTube this week, guys. Um, <laughs> there's a there's not well, three less than three weeks from the season. Sorry, not one permanent transfer, not no. one. And that yeah. for, for me, I, I personally, and we won't go too much into Swindon because we spoke about them last week. But Swindon for me are a team that lack someone with footballing knowledge and experience mm. at, a, at a higher level yeah. um we, we go on about it at crawling we've said it all last season they need a football man they need a football man but swindon seem to get a pass because yeah. they own their own ground now you know oh, we own our own ground yeah. that's what sort of, you know, there's been changes unfortunately don't affect you on the pitch and you need help yeah let's, yeah let's not go too much into it but and actually moving swiftly on there is another team that haven't made any permanent signings three weeks from the beginning of the football season and that would be Wrexham who are now one down with Will Boyle who signed from Huddersfield He's signed on a permanent aren't they? Yeah he's got I think it's three years he played with Ben Tozer at Cheltenham the year that they won the League 2 um, title so you know should arguably kind of fit nicely in 
And then the next one is Blackpool, Blackpool's Matty Virtue, who's a midfielder and has been quoted at about 200 grand. So a significant kind of statement signing if they get him. He was at Lincoln last season, 36 appearances. And I think that Lincoln would, would have been keen to go after him, but they've, I don't know whether they'd go to 200k. Ryan would be able to tell us better. But Blackpool have them um, exercised a one-year extension on his contract. So they're going to want to get money for him now because otherwise they you know they get nothing in a year ryan, ryan says no <laughs> so uh wrexham wrexham's interest will probably uh mean that that could be a, a really good signing for them does he scream wrexham signing to you because he doesn't to me well no but they have it's coverage that they need isn't it and mm. you know they we saw at the end of last season when they i think paul mullen was a risk and there were other gaps that were starting to emerge and they patched that up with Ben Foster, but I think they just need, um, I don't know. Safe, patched safe it up with Ben system. Foster. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> now. That, that's like your Ford Fiesta breaking down and you getting a Rolls Royce as a curtain <laughs> car. <laughs> yeah, but... Like, I get what yeah. you mean, but like they they were panicking. They, yeah, it was no, an emergency patch-up. If they didn't have money, it would have been a a really panicky, ridiculous, untried player that mm -hmm. they ended up bringing in. Yeah. Fortunately, they can throw four or five grand at someone. Yeah, no questions asked. But for me, it doesn't scream Wrexham player. They mm -hmm. they sign they sign winners. Mm -hmm. like, that's what they do. And he's you know he's just been relegated, hasn't he? So for me, yeah. It doesn't scream Wrexham signing. I was say I was going to say bring Ryan in to tell us what he's like because obviously he was at Lincoln. But judging by Ryan's comments in the chat, Ryan <laughs> wasn't a fan. No. Uh, so that tells you all you need to know, I think. Yeah. Um. And then Jills have mm. lost out now. They lost out on Alfie May to Char uh, Charlton from Cheltenham. And now um, Dipper Akinyemi, who's gone from Air to York rather than to Gillingham, which <laughs> he sounds cracking. He scored 35 goals in 43 games across all competitions last season. He's only been there for a year. He came up from the National League up to up to Air, but yeah, is I don't it, know. York must be maybe he's more comfortable in the National League and he, he wants a little bit more experience there and to know. No, it's, it's money. It's all it's all money and it's yeah. so York York's new owner Matt Ugler has he went out publicly and said it on the morning. We are gonna break our record today. I did now, see that actually, yeah. So reportedly Gillingham offered around eighty grand. That's right. what they offered and Air wanted two hundred and fifty. Yes, now, I saw that. I wasn't sure what they'd actually got for him, but yeah, I don't know what they got for him because we, we don't know. But for Matt Ugler to say it's a record-breaking signing, their record mm -hmm. previously was 150k, right? So, so... It's between 150 to 250k yeah. for for a team in the National League like York, that's a huge amount of money. And look, I'm I'm going to be honest. I've I've spoken to a lot of people about Matt Ugler. He was going to buy Yeovil, kind of mm -hmm. found a lot of things out. I think that. There's a there's a huge risk with this sort of thing because it it seems to be that 
I don't know. It feels like it's like a, a bit of a toy at the minute. Like, oh, I've yeah. got this new toy and I've got loads of money, so I'm going to spend it. But mm-hmm. it's not just about spending it now. It's about you've got a year, two years, three years yeah. where you've got to consistently do it because otherwise you're going to lose out and things could go horrifically wrong. But Gillingham, I'm going to ask you this question here. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to see a panic buy from Gillingham because they do not have a goal scorer? They've lost out on both goal scorers that they've been looking to get. I mean, they've got. It feels like they've got to do something. They're also up for Sean. I don't know whether it's Sean Raggett or Raggett at Portsmouth, but he's yeah, a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, solid. From Gillingham originally, played under Kenny Jacket in the in the past, so it kind of it all fits and it makes sense. He's only got one year left in his contract, but in terms of yeah, they 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 obviously have a identified need for someone strong up front and i don't know there's still people there's still movement though isn't there and there's still people coming out of that are on transfer lists they could go after um johnson clark (laughs) peter brace uh, languishing on the transfer list at the moment it's just obviously the longer it goes the the longer that you're proven strikers anyone that's mm-hmm. sort of a, a decent striker that's available finds a club and any club that has a decent striker every day between now and the end of the season their price sorry the start of the season their price mm-hmm. will go up because yeah they've got less time to replace so i think we're going to see a panic buy from gillingham for someone mm-hmm. up front if not gillingham could be the safest bet in every game this season at nil nil because defensively yeah. they're so strong this this that sean raggett six foot five like, he's huge you know so no one's scoring against them but they're not scoring any goals themselves so no. it could be that we it, literally nil nil every gillingham draw every oh. weekend and you bet i saw no one does, we don't condone it a nil nil draw and a one 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 all draw against gillingham last year and I'd, I'd really rather not again so i hope for everyone's sake that that isn't the case um, who else is there? Charlie McNeil, Manchester United's little—I say little—but he's six foot, six foot forward. Hey, maybe, maybe he's uh, he's one maybe for Gillingham. Swoop in for him, yeah. Maybe yeah. he's looking League League One, is he? Well, he's so he's yeah. Ideally, he'd want League One, but he was at Newport last season for the second half of the season, and from reading between the lines his priority really is his minutes. So if he's not going to get guaranteed minutes in League One, he's more than happy to go to League Two. That said, I think two goals in 20 appearances for Newport. So wasn't stunning, but from what I've read, it, the quote was, he's too good for the under-23s and not kind of quite, He's he's going to be a future Manchester United star, but he's not there yet. He didn't travel with them to Oslo. They played Leeds in Oslo last how, week. How old was he? 19. See, for me, I think Man United, if he's not good enough by Man United, if he still needs to be loaned out to League One, League Two at 19, I don't think he is a Man United. Mm, maybe. See, when you look at their history, they have players sort of, They'll, they'll go out and buy the best 18-year-old in the world. Mm-hmm. They don't grow 19, 20, 21-year-olds and then break. Like he, um, he went to City and then he came back to United for 750 grand, I think it was. But then he's got one of these um, buyout-type 
contracts, so it could be worth up to 1.5 million. Um, Yeah, I think it's just about experience, isn't it? And that's what loans are for, and and they can work wonderfully, and it might be the making of him. But, yeah, he's keen to go to League One, but League Two, Graham Coughlin says he'll have him back. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah, Newport, Newport wanting players, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm shocked. Um, and then, what? Who else have we got? Uh, oh, Jack Moylan. Uh, do you know? I've not even looked into, not even looked into him yet. So he he's rumored to be linked to Lincoln. Um, he's an attacking midfielder. So Lincoln have got really good Lincoln links. <laughs> Lincoln have got really good links with uh, the Irish market, and he's a he's Shelbourne. So. The Irish, I didn't realise this, the Irish uh, league finishes in December. So if he went, his contract's up in December. If he went in November, he'd be two months without playing and plus he'd be going on a free. So it makes sense for him to go now, but Shelbourne are mid-campaign. So are they going to want to let him go? Um, Would make sense to everyone. Lincoln are in the market for a midfielder. He's obviously a midfielder. Um, Lincoln have also allegedly, rumouredly, that's not a word, but I'll totally have it, um, had an offer rejected for Tommy Lee from Accrington recently as well. So, you know, not that we're quite into panic stations, but if they could uh, kind of cover off all the arguments around him leaving mid-season, then then that makes sense for everyone involved. The risk was signing him in... January as well, if they wait, is similar to what we had with with uh, I think it was Kieran Kelly we got from Bohemians last year. Mm-hmm. He came in, he wasn't match fit for a while because obviously the season ended and he'd started to wind down. And then all of a sudden it was you're, you're going to sign for a club in England, you need to get fit. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't feature for us. I think he came on once last season, so we ended up signing him in January, and it was like it looked great on paper. But by the time mm-hmm. he got up to speed, the season was was over. And then you've got a summer where he's winding down again and now he's getting yeah. back up to speed. So you, you kind of invest from January, but they're technically not going to be ready really realistically until the end of the season. And then you, yeah. you look in August before you see him properly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's not about it. And then yeah. last one, Mr. Harry Lewis has been linked with Barnsley. I've put oh. my notes here. I've put not happening. Move on. <laughs> Well, Mark Hughes says it's not happening. So that they've had offer, they've rejected offers. They're not getting what they want for him, and the deadline yeah. for interest has passed. Yeah, which is which I think is fair. Um, like I, I, I spoke to Harry Lewis before the. Mm, I I think it was the last women's game and just I was jokingly saying, come on, Harry, don't go. And he said, honestly, said, it's, it's, it's completely out of my hands. You know, the, the club, it's the club that they go through. If the club accepts an yeah. offer, then it kind of puts him in a difficult position. I said, well, it don't really, does it, Harry? Because, you know, if you, whoever it is, you just offer, you just demand 70 grand a week. <laughs> and, and that then puts the power back in your hands. But look, he, he loves it at Bradford. He said himself, he's 25. He it's his first what he considers his first full season as a professional, mm-hmm. and he played every every minute last season, and he was phenomenal, That's like insane. absolutely phenomenal. The the difference that he made to our team without Harry Lewis last season, we get nowhere near the playoffs. Mm. Like he was that key for us. Um, we talk we look at Andy Cook and his goals, and Andy Cook scored thirty goals for us. Fantastic. Harry Lewis made more than thirty saves that were. Mm-hmm. Like 
um, that any other keeper probably would have let in for us. So, yeah. look, unless they come in with a silly money offer, yeah, he's not going to go. My, my worry is who do we replace him with? That's what I was just going to ask you. Like, at this stage, Jacob Carney, <laughs> Sunderland. I mean, I suppose it depends what... You, you look at someone like Vigaru. Vigaru was on to Burnley. Mm. Is he is he going to play for Burnley? Oh, no chance. He's going to be, what, second, third choice? and So, so is he going to be available on loan? Oh, maybe. I that's that's the that. only thing yeah. that I thought. I thought, do you know what? Like, no one will, no one will really think about that. I don't think because I think a lot of Bradford fans are absolutely dead set he's not going. Yeah. But you know, let's be realistic. If Barnsley want to put an offer, well, we'll come on to why Barnsley probably shouldn't put an offer. Oh in. yeah, we'll do that. Uh, but if Barnsley or someone put in a silly money offer and the mm. club are forced to accept it, then someone like Vigaru, he, he's not, look, he's, yes, yeah. he's gone to Burnley because of the money. Let's be absolutely honest. Oh, in the, and sure. he, he's probably on 10 times what he was on at Orient, yeah. but he can still earn that and play for Bradford for a season yeah. in on loan. So, um, yeah, we had uh, Vit Yaros last year from Liverpool mm-hmm. and yeah, he was, he was brilliant. He, he was our first choice for a good few weeks and then got injured. Um, so yeah, I hadn't when when I was thinking about well, who who on earth are they going to sign? Low knees from from Championship Prem didn't really occur to me. They should have done. Yeah. But that's that for me would be the the first, if I'm if I'm Ryan Sparks and I get the call and I I know Harry Lewis is then leaving. I'm mm-hmm. on the phone to Burnley. We've got a good relationship with Burnley anyway. Yeah. We had Costello on loan from last season. Um, we sometimes play them in pre season, so we've got an all right relationship with them. I'd be on that phone instantly. Look. Mm. Give us give us five months with him. Let's let's get at least a half a season out of him. Let's yeah. see where he's at. If you need him back, you need him back. We'll cross, mm. cross that bridge. But yeah. it, I mean, it all depends on what the club think is their valuation of Harry Lewis as well. Because mm. there was there were reports of seven hundred grand. There were reports yeah, of nine hundred grand. Uh, now I'm not being funny. Bradford don't turn down nine hundred grand. I don't think any yeah. club at this level turns down nine hundred grand. It's a huge amount of money, especially a club that runs on self-sustainability as well. Yeah. So going back to Barnsley then. Yeah. Are they about to be the third team to take a point deduction going into the season? I I think they've got to, haven't they? What what have we got? It's it's a shame though, because it's historical, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's again, and do you know what? There's a line. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the charges here, and the last line is comical. So these are the charges. So it says multiple breaches, multiple EFL breaches, 2017 yeah. to 2022. Under and previous that was orders. Paul Conway and Chen Lee. Yes. So it says failing to provide the league with correct and/or complete information regarding the beneficial ownership of the shares in the club, despite a request for such information being made by the league. Mm-hmm. So that's that's company house. Yeah. Listing the shareholders. Being transparent, like you've got yeah. to. Who's essentially you're a member of the EFL, who's in charge? Yeah. Failing to provide the league with necessary notifications regarding ownership position at the club, which is the same thing. Yeah. Failing to publish accurate information on the club's website concerning the ultimate owners of the significant interest in the club. That's something that Crawley are gonna have to face. Yeah, it's just admin governance, but it's a legal requirement. Yeah. This again is where I think Crawley are going to be. I know. 
Yeah. Allowing individuals to acquire a position of control without prior clearance from the EFL. Right. And that's something we talked about with mm -hmm. Wigan at Reading, this kind of notion of the fit and proper test. Yeah. Which presumably it sounds like they, they didn't even, they probably would have passed over. <laughs> and here's the kicker. Here's the line that got me. And this might set me off on a rant, but it's fine because it's one that I think everyone agrees with. The last charge is failing to act towards the league <laughs> with the utmost good faith. Uh -huh. Get gone. <laughs> the EFL, FIFA, the FA, all of them, they are the most corrupt mm -hmm. organisations going. With the utmost good faith, you are threatening players and banning players for betting whilst forcing those players to advertise betting. You mm -hmm. are the sky bet. And this is going on to something different, but you are the sky bet EFL mm -hmm. and you are saying to players... Publish it. Get it out there. You're Skybet Sky EFL. Talk about how good gambling is. Let's put this advert on. If you do this now, you get double your money back. Don't mm. bet, though. Like, how no. can they not? They, they talk about utmost good faith, and they, they're basically putting themselves on a platform saying, oh, come on, you know, we treat you with respect. You should treat us with respect. No, yeah. you don't. I don't agree that anyone should show utmost good faith to the EFL. I think they're an absolute shambles. Mm. Like, I, I despise the whole organisation, and I put a tweet out the other day, and I don't know if you saw it, but I said it's going to take a club with some real balls to stand up and go, we're not being part of the Sky Bet EFL. Yeah, I didn't and, see it, but yeah, I appreciate the sentiment. Like, because the second one club does it, other clubs will go, yeah, mm. we'll, we'll, we'll stand with that. And then they'll be forced to make a change. But you can't do these things you can't punish clubs for you know utmost good faith and things like that players yeah. for gambling and then get them to advertise the very thing that you're punishing them for and there's timing there as well isn't that i think it was around the time like within you know a number of hours they'd announced that you know there was going to be this initiative or or scheme to reduce mm -hmm. the influence of betting and and betting sponsorship and then in the next breath we sky better renewed their license for five years yeah yeah but, but this is again we talk about it being historical so mm -hmm. one of the players is harry chapman at bradford mm -hmm. he i can't remember who, who was the other one the other day um it was um it was a former swindon player uh i can't remember who he's at now former swindon player but he was also he, he was also harry, harry Tafolo. Tafolo. yes <laughs> so they have both been done for around the same time, 2017-2018. So both of those players are going to be punished. They're going to have to pay a fine. Mm -hmm. Okay, the clubs that they're at, they were at at the time, they're not going to be punished. Blackburn had the sponsor yeah. on the front of the shirt. Bradford are going to be punished. So Bradford, who had nothing to do with it, who knew <laughs> nothing of it, who had absolutely no idea prior to the notification coming through, they're going to be without a player for, when you look at Ivan Tony, eight months. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. how is that fair on the club that they're currently at. And I, I just, mm -hmm. the EFL trying to act all high and mighty and act like they've got some form of mm -hmm. morals is laughable. Like they don't, yeah. they are corrupt beyond belief. And, and what one of the things we'll talk about the fair game index later, but mm -hmm. one of the things that they're talking about is um, financial incentives rather than penalties. So, you know, for, for Barnsley, for example, if we're talking about a points deduction, uh, not a points deduction, um, some kind of uh, financial penalty rather than that, which 
kind of consolidates the club's struggling financial position. Yes. It's about incentivizing good financial management. And in the same way with the betting, and the, it, it all kind of ties together because the fair game um, index and, and their whole campaign, and, and we will get onto it later, is about kind of fairer, fairer distribution of TV revenue, which again offsets, if you've got that more money coming into clubs, clubs might be able to be a little bit more selective about the sponsors that they're working with and it all becomes self-fulfilling in terms of the financial solvency and, um, and, the, and the choices that clubs are making. Well that there, what you just said, that will perfectly later on lead into the ending of the show because mm -hmm. if that's done that supports what I'm trying to do. So, yeah, look, Barnsley, uh, they are probably going to get a points deduction and yeah, it's probably and it's not, unfair. The way they've done it as well is there's those charges that you just read out that have been levied against the club, but then um, Lee and Conway themselves have got separate, a separate charge, which is that basically they caused the club to be in breach of those regulations. I don't know how it works. If in the, if it were in the US, the club would then be suing them for any kind of reparations. I don't know legally whether that can happen here. Um, but I was reading an article uh, with talking about uh, Partick Thistle and and Lee had made an attempt to to buy them or had an interest in them before uh, Colin Weir purchased them in in 2019, and they were saying that they felt like they'd had a really lucky escape because the issues that Barnsley had, he had Nice in France. And it just comes back to, like at Reading, like at Wigan, these owners that, you know, haven't been regulated perhaps in the right way. You know, you've talked about Swindon, about people not being footballing people. And these, these billionaires coming in that just are making, I don't know, perhaps they're financially savvy uh, decisions but they're not keeping within EFL regulations and and the the processes and the structures that are required there and also they've probably not got the right the right people advising them no they, they don't and the, the issue is you, you've hit the nail on the head there these are business people mm -hmm. but football clubs don't run like any other business they aren't a normal business because uh, it, it, there's just not there's nothing that can be so easily influenced by outside instances like there's just nothing it doesn't mm -hmm. happen as well like it's insane that you don't put your like if you were a supermarket owner for example or you were a shop owner you don't put your shop up against another shop for 90 minutes on a saturday mm -hmm. and if your shop loses you're in trouble like that's mm -hmm. that's yeah. what we're talking about and, and i feel like they don't know how to handle how quick it changes and how i mean look let's let's be honest swindon i know we we go back to swindon a lot but it's a perfect example of what's happening right now 12 months ago swindon fans were delighted with their owners yeah and and i went on one of their podcasts and said well hang on i get why you're delighted because that owner's not your previous owner and they you went through some really bad times but if what your owner was doing at your club now was happening at any other club, the fans would be up in arms. 12 months later, nothing's changed. And now their fans are going, hang on, this ain't right. Come on, be open with us. Tell us what's going on. And the good grace runs out. And I feel like then, you know, the clubs, they start to shut up shop. They don't want to talk. Mm -hmm. don't get mm -hmm. They don't know how to handle it because you've essentially got, 
I mean, look, how many? I don't. How many followers does Stockport County have on Twitter? Would you say? Do you know? Um, I think about fifty thousand. Do you know? I'm that, I mean, I've, yeah. Well, you've got to answer to fifty thousand people, or let's just talk about crowds. Like at Bradford, Bradford's mm -hmm. owner has to answer to seventeen, eighteen thousand people every mm -hmm. single game. That doesn't happen in any other sort of business. So I do think more needs to be done. Owners need to be. I said this before, I don't think, if they're not going to change the entry of the ownership entry things, or the fit and proper, whatever they call it, then fine. But there needs to be an annual test. Mm -hmm. And every year, if the standards have slipped, the clubs, when they, when someone buys a club, they need to put a certain amount of money into a pot that the EFL hold. Mm. It's like a bond. Yeah. If the standards slip, the EFL appoint someone to work within that club to get the standards back up and that money is used to cover the, that cost and if for whatever reason let's say they, they have to put two million in three million in as a bond mm -hmm. you look at wigan wages mm -hmm. didn't get paid no the, yeah, yeah the efl paid the wages out of that and then the yeah. club has to put the money back in to top that up to whatever it needs and that's yeah. how it should, there needs to like be a safety net. yeah um and it's like a bond on a house. You put a bond down on a house because mm -hmm. if you do something wrong or you break something, the landlord is protected and the fans are the landlord. We're the ones that are there in yeah. the long run. It's our club. You're just borrowing it. Mm -hmm. we... And on that note, we'll... Well, no, I mean, the fair game What's stuff... Welcome to, to a McDonald's advert. <laughs> yeah, because we... I mean, the, the fair game index that we'll talk about after our ad break from our sponsors is a way of ranking clubs and you know comparing as a you know I, I work in in a business and i'm on the senior leadership team and we look all the time about our position this year versus last year and what you know what we need to do differently where we want to be next year and and i think that will be really interesting as a as an independent measure of how these clubs are doing so a brief message from our sponsors can i just run for a wee Away days are great, especially when your striker bags a last-minute winner. But there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by the wonderful people over at NordVPN. The 2023-24 campaign is set to draw to a close, but the football never truly stops. With the Olympics, Euro 2024 and the new season set to commence in no time, make sure you don't miss any of the action wherever you may be in the world by downloading NordVPN. For just the price of one cup of coffee per month, NordVPN allows you to watch your favourite teams, players, shows and movies anywhere in the world, even if they aren't available in your region, simply by switching the location on your device to one which is showing the content. NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard, protecting your personal data and other sensitive information such as credit cards and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, which is always a worry when you travel abroad. And with just one subscription to NordVPN, you can use the service across six different devices, which is incredibly handy if you're traveling with your family and or loved ones. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash realEFL. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support our podcast too. The link is in the podcast episode description box. So now... Back to the podcast. Okay, so the Fair Game Index. Yeah. <laughs> the first I heard of this was uh, someone saying on Twitter earlier, Stockwell County is one of the worst run teams in the EFL. 
and I was like, right, gosh, okay, that sounds terrible. What is this? So what the Fair Game Index have done, and they did this in January as well, but they only did it for the Premiership and League, the Championship. Um, but they've extended it now to uh, right down to League Two. And they've said that in the future, they want to do the National League, National League North, National League South as well. So what they've done is they've ranked every single club in the EFL on four criteria. And those four criteria were chosen based on that fan review that uh, Tracy Crouch did. So what they're looking at is financial stability, which ties into everything that we've just talked about with, with Barnsley and the conversations that we've had over the last couple of months. So that accounts for 40%. And then you've got good governance, which is 30%. Fan engagement, which is 20%. I know you've got opinions on that. And then equality standards at 10%. So equality is not equal, clearly, because it's you know only worth 10%. But that's another story. Financial stability, they're looking at um, what the club's current assets are, their short-term loans, loans that are due within a year, and then wages as a percentage of revenue. So you can see already where some clubs are going to come up do well and, and less well. Good governance is uh, clear governance. So, you know, again, things like around you know, good, robust management of, of the, the corporation that is the club and their corporate social responsibility compliance. So that will be things like modern day slavery, environmental stuff. Um, there will be all sorts of things that they're kind of uh, required to do under CSR. Um, environment as well separately and then there is a living wage employer accreditation and they get some points for that as well go on you look very confused no i'm ju i was just gonna say for anyone who's listening you can tell the two types of character we have presenting this here <laughs> <laughs> if i was the one that was introducing this I wouldn't have sounded anywhere near excited as what you just I'm have. so excited. I look you know but I love things like this. This, this is, is like right. I am a caveman when it comes to football. You're very <laughs> let's have a look at the stats of this. Let's have oh, a look I at the stats, the stats. Of, and I'm like, me kick football in goal. And that's it for me. <laughs> I saw something earlier on about the supercomputer predictions, and I got really, really excited that that was back, and then I forgot about it because I got lost in this. Um, but uh, so fan engagement is fan engagement, and then the percentage of the stadium filled on match days, and then equality. Equality, everyone is universally rubbish at, uh, as a spoiler, but it's the ratio of women on the club board the recruitment ratio of women and uh, British and um, minority ethnic women in leadership roles. And what their argument is, is that they want to use these rankings to um, incentivize good culture. So they're saying that these four criteria contribute to good culture that should be um, that should be rewarded with effectively a higher TV revenue share. So at the moment, um, Premier League revenue gets split amongst the, the leagues below them. So the Championship gets 80%, League One gets 12%, and League Two gets 8%. What they're suggesting is that the Championship gets 50%, so quite a significant drop there. 25% for League One, which is up from 12 so twice as much. 13% uh, for League Two, up from 8 but then 6% for the National League, 3% for the National League North, 3% for the National League South. 
But even more complicated than that is that they, so when this is available on YouTube, uh, Ryan, producer Ryan is beavering away in the background, giving us captions and subtitles. So all of this information is in the subtitles if you're watching it on YouTube. Um, I've completely lost my track of thought now. No, they, so um, what they want to do with, with that is encourage, they, basically the better you perform, the more revenue that you, that you get. Um, but that will also be linked to it. You get a score and a rank that then kind of gets split out. So the exciting stuff is across all uh, four leagues, the top four, we've got um, AFC Wimbledon came out top overall. So this is kind of all of those four metrics um, that are weighted differently incorporated. They got a score of 73.58. So that's out of 100. Carlisle United, 71.92. And Cambridge United got 69.83. So, you know, these are not stellar scores. We do see some better scores lower down in terms of like in the individual metrics. Um, Brentford are the highest uh, Prem team. Um, and But they're even then they're 10th and their score was 67.55. The Premier League average score is 50. It's higher because of that financial solvency score and, and how high it's rated. So um, the League One is actually the second highest, weirdly, on 47.8. Championship is the lowest at 38.1. Um, I don't know enough about the individual finances of the teams in the championship to, to understand why that is. Apart from, I guess, my working hypothesis would be that they get lots of money ploughed into them because they're trying to get into the premiership to get that pay. Well, we know how out. it works, don't we? We know how it works. Championship clubs, they get promoted, they get the premiership money, they get relegated, and then mm. they get relegated again in administration. That's mm. that's the cycle. So yeah, an attribute to League One's. Right. And one of the things that this is advocating for is getting rid of that parachute payment scheme because they're saying that it's, um, you know, it, it doesn't work well. Um, so looking at those kind of individual metrics, unsurprisingly, Plymouth uh, scored 40 out of 40 for financial sustainability. So they've always been and we're on League One, remember, League One just gone, not what. <laughs> very confused again um and then there was forest green rovers and portsmouth who were both on 37 and a half equality lincoln were top but they were top on 6.54 out of 10 um and huddersfield and southampton were also well up there what i want to do next this is going to be my some like plans for the weekend is understand like go and look at all these clubs and understand what they're doing to um to score you know i know that lincoln have a very strong women's team but this is more about um board representation uh good governance is top is cambridge lincoln then carlisle we see lincoln um in quite a few of the um, metrics actually and then exeter are the highest on fan engagement followed by um, afc wimbledon and carlisle so yeah, it's like there's just so much to go at. But unless you understand where the scores are derived from and 
for anyone who is as geeky as me and, and interested, you won't find those definitions in the report that's just been published, but they are in the January report at the back. Um, and it's just kind of interesting. There's an interactive version of it that you can play with on their website, which is, oh no, that's all just numbers for me. Uh, it's the fair game, fairgameuk.org. Um, and then it's the fair game index 2023. So I didn't understand any of the stuff in it, but mm. I put clubs in order from yeah. best to worst and then from worst to best. And the thing that stood mm -hmm. out most for me about League Two was that Crawley fans last season were so adamant how bad their club was run. Mm -hmm. There are worse ones. There are worse. I mean, Hartlepool are yeah. the worst run club. And, and apparently, um, to this. Yeah, one thing we should say as well is that there are some clubs, for example, Sheffield Wednesday, that scored zero for financial sustainability, um, as did, I th was it Hartlepool? There was someone in League Two as well. Um, and it's because not all records are always available. So you can't, you know, it's, it's not 100% transparent, nor is it 100% accurate, but it is a really good indicator, especially when you're looking at clubs like Crawley, where yeah. the fans have, have held them up as you know a terrible example of um, how to run a football club. I just I think it, I, it makes me giggle with with the uh, AFC Wimbledon with the them finishing top because it's mm -hmm. like it's fantastic you know obviously there's a lot of fan engagement going on which is why they've scored highly but how happy are you if that entire fan engagement is just them telling you that you've lost three nil again mm -hmm. like that's because they were just losing towards yeah. the end of the season and everything i went onto a, a twitter space and they were eight eight places off relegation with two or three mm -hmm. four games to go and they were like we're going down yeah you're absolutely not going get we are the worst run club in the league you are absolutely not the worst run club in the league. Like, no. I know we all sit in our little bubbles, but from doing things like this, I've kind of learned to look at other clubs and you yeah. realise just how bad some clubs actually have it. We knew Hartlepool was bad. We didn't know how mm. bad, I don't think. But, yeah. yeah. Well, look, are you excited? Are you excited for January's, for, for the season? Yeah, for the new <laughs> release. No, for no, this part, I've, I've got far more research to do now because I'll go digging. Oh. Um Oh, I'll have to ask Uncle Ryan if I can um, write loads of different articles on every club. Um... Speaking of writing articles about clubs and uh, about going out there and doing things for clubs. Yeah. Scouting. Scouting. Aww. We we put into Rose Ed the other week. Um, was it the week that you weren't here, Hannah? Was it just me and Gary that did it? And we did know. the... Uh, I did the Rose Ed about websites claiming to be in the know and you know basically check them oh, yeah, out. it was the week that i wasn't because you stole it from me from the week before yeah i remember right, we'll cut that bit right <laughs> um <laughs> but we're talking about like you know club fan fan accounts that are claimed to be in the know make sure that they are legit you know ask questions mm -hmm. and yeah. then to the people that are running the accounts don't because it's yeah. stupid one step further and this is just a public service announcement to football fans it's horrific don't go to games pretending to be a scout of a League One football club and then don't tell a child and his parents that he's been offered a contract at said League One football club. That is creepy. That person needs to be on some sort of register. But yeah, mm -hmm. this is this is coming from Lincoln putting out a statement today saying that uh, Ryan's just said here in the chat that Lincoln are about to add pictures of their scouts to the yeah. website because of this. So someone has gone to 
I think it's a kids game. It was proper and grassroots kids football. Yeah. Basically learnt the names of the scouts and staff members at the club, used them in conversation. So the parents knew or thought that yeah. they were legit. And I've told the these parents that their kids getting a contract at Lincoln yeah. and now they support when you, and, and so Lincoln have been very proactive about this. So the the way that it kind of translated was the the club um alerted Lincolnshire FA, they alerted the police and the I, I should say the club that the child was playing at, not not Lincoln. Um but Lincoln then have, you know, as part of this um statement put out guidelines so don't use scouts they don't use scouts that use social media to recruit players because you start to wonder what else has got like reading between the lines they don't like don't ask for money for a trial so have these these fake scouts been you know Page. suggesting Page. that yeah uh contact will be so under normal circumstances the way Lincoln work is that they contact the club secretary to let them know that someone's coming they uh the coach will always know that they're coming the scout will be introduced to the player and the player's family and that's how it all works there there should never be anyone that comes to you out of the blue and says I'm a I'm a scout for Lincoln and we'd very much like to offer you a contract mm-hmm. but you can imagine that this is not um an isolated incident it's probably something that goes on yeah. all over the place and it's really especially with kids and, and safeguarding and you, you think about children in school and how protected they are there is none of that anyone can go down and watch kids football um so i'm looking at you aaron challoner with your with your <laughs> i've scouted 12 players for doncaster no you haven't and this is why you haven't <laughs> you've looked on football manager and you've seen who your scouts on there recommend that's fine guys do that don't turn yeah. up at kids games and the ryan said the other one is that uh club staff will never offer to give the players lifts to the ground which is worrying if that person really is saying worrying. i'll pick them up and i'll take them to the um, ground and but that's that's the worry um yeah yeah guys come on have a little bit of decency and do you know what there's no issue with if you're at a ground you're at a game watching it if it's your kids game and you see someone stood there you don't recognize there's no issue with asking who they are and asking to see some proof because if they are from a club they will have they'll have an id they'll have a they'll have a badge i'm a mascot and i've got an id badge yeah so yeah don't be afraid to ask questions no that could have been our rosette for this week, couldn't it? Although it requires slightly more gravitas than than yeah. rosette. That's an obvious one, though, I think. Isn't it? I think rosette yeah. needs to go back to being controversial because <laughs> we love a bit of controversy. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I think that we're going to talk about today was superstitions. So my favourite part at the end of season and the beginning of preseason is that all my superstitions kind of get white. Growing up, I think my superstitions came from my uncle. So my uncle, I shouldn't admit to this, being a Stockport County fan, my uncle would take me to Old Trafford because he had a season ticket there. And he had lucky underpants. He had to go to Lou Macari's Fish and Chip Shop for his lucky chips and gravy. 
he had lucky socks and I have have a vague recollection that he didn't wash his socks for the whole of the season and just wore them on football days and not but I might have dreamt that and mine otherwise have been more rituals I think but saying that I very much got into last season I can't wear this shirt I've lost we've lost in so I've got to wear a different shirt that's why I've bought three this season so I've got a good go at it so I can wear one for the first few games until we lose and then go on but do you have any other do you have superstitions yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um my superstition all stems to how good of a day I'm gonna have right so with, with me doing the, the mascoting thing like I'm quite I'm very wary of the fact that I might break my leg. I might yeah. fall down the stairs. and You might get attacked by a Grimsby fan. I might get attacked by a Grimsby fan. And at home games, the entire day for me is put down to one moment on the way to the ground. And it's when mm -hmm. I'm driving to the ground. We have a song that our players come out to and it's Take Me Home Midland Road. Mm -hmm. and, and on my drive to the ground, I drive along Ruley Lane in Bradford. And th this happened by chance the first time that song came on on my apple music mm -hmm. and it came on just just as i was driving past asda and as i got to the roundabout at the top and turned left and as you turn left you can see the ground in the distance mm -hmm. still probably 15 10 15 minutes away but you could see yeah. it on the other side of the valley as i turned that corner the chorus kicked in and i was like oh so now every single saturday when i or every single time i'm driving to the ground as i pass the asda i press play on that song if i get to that roundabout <laughs> and i turn at that moment then i'm gonna be all right i'm gonna be okay this explains why our home form last season was horrible because there was traffic and roadworks on ruley lane <laughs> <laughs> so i would press play and then just stop and i'd be like four four songs like four times into the song on repeat before i was the roundabout um but no it's like I, i'm very i i have like you say rituals and i i do mm. i get to the, i try and get to the ground at the same time yeah i go into the community foundation cafe i have something to eat there i have a drink i'll go and get the suit i'll make sure the suit's clean or make sure the suit's laid out i'll put it out i'll go back i'll go into where billy's coop is where we have the kids club make sure it's all okay and i do it all then i go sit down at the dugouts for when the players come in say hello to the players speak to the, the mascots that are there for the mm -hmm. day and every single week it doesn't change mm-hmm I go at quarter to two, I go and put that suit on. At two o'clock, I come down into the kids' club. At 20 past two, I go down onto the pitch. At half past two, I have photos. And that's obviously because I have to do that anyway. But yeah. for me, I only I don't have to do it at those specific times, but I have mm -hmm. to do all those things. But I've put them in at them moments, and that's the order that I do them in. And I kind of get a bit thrown out of whack if I don't get to do it in that order. If, if like, I'm about to go and have the photos and someone comes over and says, oh, there's someone over there that wants a photo, we are it's tough because I'm going over there and they've been waiting and that's like, I have to stick to them. And when I'm not doing the mascoting, I, I don't have any because I kind of feel lost. I don't really know how to be when I'm not doing it. But when I'm driving to an along away game and I've got like a friend in the car with me and we're driving down, I will literally play that song on repeat probably seven, eight times throughout the journey just to be funny, <laughs> just blast it. And as we get to the town and we're like sat in traffic, like towards Carlisle, we we're driving down Carlisle High Street and it was absolutely rammed. I had the windows down full and that song on full blast. <laughs> so everyone could hear there were Carlisle fans laughing. Um, granted, they had the last laugh as well that day, but 
yeah, that song seems to be the, the thing that sets up my entire day. Yeah, we had uh, rain, like ridiculous numbers of rainbows on the way to Hartlepool last season and we won 5-0 or whatever it was. And we that was the thing then. If we, if we look for rainbows and we yeah. get really ridiculously excited. But, yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? We, there was a lot of chat and we, we talked about it on the podcast about superstitions coming up to Wembley. And Claire and I decided that of all the people in Stockport, everyone was going to have their own superstitions. So if we didn't, if we didn't follow ours, then it didn't matter. We weren't going to be responsible because there would be other people who would also be responsible. And then, <laughs> won't be making that mistake again. That's but the same were... every game, Hannah. That's the same. Every game. <laughs> That's true. But there, there was a lot of people who thought that they were unlucky for County at Wembley because we've been so many times in the nineties and and lost every time. So my mm. dad has never seen County win at Wembley. So he's not. I'm not letting him go next time. And there are other people that, oh god, next time that suggests there might be playoffs in our near future. I really hope not. But you know that I have, so I can't be the jinx. And there was all things about you know, Georgia had her dad's shirt, and her dad had worn that shirt at Wembley in I think it was '94, and they'd lost. It'd never been washed. Like, why on earth did we think that was a good idea? But it's yeah. the the things that you question afterwards as well. So um, one of uh, we've got on the on the ticker from YouTube people coming in. Never bet against your team. I always used to. Well, thing is, so the, he also also said never never predict your team to win. I bet against us. A couple of times last season one was against Walsall in the cup when I knew the state of the squad and that we were really unlikely to win and but got really good odds on it because you know as you know they don't always bookies don't always go into too much detail for league two and then the other one was Orient at the end of the season because I was getting increasingly stressed and I thought well it's win-win if I bet against us and we win then I'll be really happy that we've won. But if we lose, then then I've won some money. I did that. Um, well, I, I used to bet against Bradford with that very mindset. If we lose, I make money. If we win, we get points. And then we drew. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we drew and we got a point and I got nothing. Brent, I remember it Brentford. It was Brentford at home. We drew two all. I remember it clear as day. Um, and I never. I was like, that was the last time I did. I'd done it loads of times up till that, but that was the first time I'd done it and drawn. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, producer Gary's got a superstition that he uh, never wore replica football shirts, and then he decided that he was going to find a lucky shirt, so he wore them, um, like one after another, and they, they lost every game. And then the last game of the season against Crew, he wore a polo shirt and they won. So, as a result, I don't think he's ever worn non like. It, replica shorts since um but there's loads i've seen them all on the ticker tape um coming through but the people ones people have submitted on twitter it'd be really interesting we can share some more as we as we go through uh, over the next few weeks because they're like i think they're rituals as much as superstitions mm -hmm. but they're part of people's 
football day and their their experience. I suppose it'd be interesting to know as well as them as well as them saying like Ryan says he's got a lucky pair of green snowman boxes that mm-hmm. I got in a secret Santa some years ago. I wore them at Lincoln City versus Oldham near the start of the FA Cup run in sixteen seventeen. Realise their magical powers then. <laughs> or risk it again. I sense if I lost them, Lincoln would immediately, immediately be relegated. Um I don't think it was the pants rhyme. <laughs> I think think some of them are inherited as well. I remember going with my dad and his mate Colin and his mate Colin always had, I don't know, have you ever had them? Uncle Joe's mint balls? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? So he used to have them in a paper bag and then they couldn't go, you couldn't get them. They weren't on sale for years. And I'm absolutely convinced that that gap in the market coincided with the Stockport County dark days because now they're available again and I bought some for my dad a couple of years ago and he now has them quite quite often like in the middle of a match slip me in Uncle Jay's mint balls they're not the same now they're in um little red wrappers that you have to tear open but it always like it, it's just lovely it's it's I don't know it's a core memory Uncle Jay's mint balls at, at football I think I, like, I'm seeing a lot of these come across on the bottom and anyone who's watching will be able to read them. But I, I'd be interested in seeing not just what people do, but what they think will happen if they don't. Oh, you'll lose desperately. Yeah, but why? Why do we think that? Why are we programmed to like We are. We sit there and we talk about people like let's. <sighs> I love that one. I'm going to try that one this season. We'll go in a certain turnstile until we lose, then change it. That's an easy one. I could adopt that and then I don't have to faff about with like shirts and bracelets and earrings and all the yeah, other things that I do. Here's the thing. We sit, right, and we look at clubs and we laugh at certain clubs that do certain things. So, you know, Gillingham sign a player and all their fans start going, we're going to win the league. Mansfield sign a player and they say, oh, we're going to get top three. And we all go, <laughs> you're stupid. How stupid are you? How deluded are you to think that that's the possible thing? Better not change my underpants for this Saturday. Like, what are we like? That's the complete opposite end of what we're trying to achieve here. You can't tell. Like, they've got a reason for thinking that because they've signed a player that thinks decent. We're telling them they're stupid, but we're wearing a lucky pair of socks. Or we're only through one door because the players know that you've come through that turnstile. I don't know what you're talking about. Clearly, the earrings that I choose on a particular Saturday will absolutely affect Fraser Horsfall's. Right foot. Well, that's because he gets the other pair of earrings. <laughs> right. So do you want to finish up and tell us about the old 20s Plenty campaign? 20s Plenty. Yeah, so look, for a long time over on the lower league, look, we've gone on about ticket prices, season ticket prices, especially as you know, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the price of the game in general and we kind of didn't know, we wanted to do summer, but we didn't know how to do it and when to do it. And we kind of thought, you know, we need someone to, we need there to be someone that kickstarts it. And then last week, Harry McCurdy made his triumphant return to Twitter. <laughs> now, anyone who knows us, we, we interviewed Harry McCurdy. I still text Harry quite a lot. And as soon as he started doing what he was doing, which was quote tweeting clubs, Mm-hmm. about their pricing and calling them a shambles and a disgrace. I text him going, don't stop. Please don't stop because 
this is what we've been wanting. And I, and I text Grant and I said, Grant, and I made the poster for 20 years plenty. I said, I'm blanking the website out. Like the website is gone. So the homepage of our site is gone. It is just the poster. You click it and it's got information about what we're trying to achieve. And it's, you know, it comes back to this, this thing that you mentioned earlier about the, how the money's split, because I do think mm-hmm. that'll have an impact on it. 20 pounds at a league one, league two level, especially is plenty for a ticket. There's no club at a league one, league two level that is offering a product that is worth more than 20 pounds a week that they're just they're not let's be fair in comparison to higher up do you like manchester city is 30 pounds so you get to watch jack Grealish, yeah, um, erling Haaland, and and uh, uh kevin de bruyne do you think that crew at 27 pounds are offering three pounds less the value than what man city and that's my point like no yeah no i and i agree completely I, what was my pensive look was was less of a kind of what on earth are you talking about and more of i wonder if any club would be happy you know i can imagine a pie chart like right you're 27 quid at crew mm. This percent goes towards keeping the lights on. This percent it pays for the stewarding. This percent, pay, I don't know, like all of the things that we, you know, maybe we're missing something. Maybe there is something in that £27 that represents value that we're not seeing. I just find it really interesting. I don't, I don't, I've never seen anyone justify a ticket price like that. No, and, and I think if they redistribute this money differently and EFL clubs start mm-hmm. getting more money, that's fine but if it doesn't benefit the fan then there's no no point because if crew are going to get an extra five percent they currently get eight they're going to get 13 Mm -hmm. and they don't reduce their ticket prices what's the point use it to subsidize that cost to, to set to offset towards those that's what it should be give back yeah but the the catch 22 is that crew won't get 13 percent because their ranking you know so they need to be really strong financially in order to get the 13 percent so they're going to go to 30 quid next year because do you know see what i mean it's kind of less people are going to pay yeah because less people can go and then it's 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 uh, it it just doesn't sit right with me and, and i think yeah, I think they should have to justify it. I think we should mm-hmm. be able to. It's like your council tax. If you pay you pay yeah. council tax, you go on your local council's website, it shows a breakdown of what your council yeah. tax has gone on. And, and I would really hope that. that when clubs are setting prices, they're thinking about price elasticity of demand and, you know, kind of basing it on something rather than just picking numbers out of a hat that they can very easily reverse, it seems. You know, within a a few hours, potentially. But but that shows how much power the fans have as well. Mm -hmm. And that's why we want to do this, because we want people to stand up and go, that's not happening. Or there needs to be either £20 is agreed universally across the board, or when your club or ticket t- t- sorry ticket prices need to be agreed between the home and away team and it needs to be the same for both yes. teams. So crew, yeah. if crew want to charge £27 for every home game, crew fans pay £27 at every single away game. And that's mm-hmm. how but it's not gonna happen. That is but we, we need to, to keep pushing out. The thing that frustrates me about it is that you say there you hope that they're basing that number on something. Crew's price at £27 was also 27 pound in league one you're not mm-hmm. telling me 
that crew have dropped into League Two and their overheads work out so that they need to charge exactly £27 in League Two again. I, That's I paid um, I paid £25 to go to crew last year. So I don't know whether there's some kind of tiering in terms of playing. <laughs> You yeah. get the concessions. It was it was twenty seven pound last season for crew. I definitely yeah. paid twenty five. Maybe it was a midweek. I don't know, but we had a massive allocation. We had like two sides of the stadium and all sorts. So. All on the, along the side, mm, yeah. and and then behind the goal as well. Yeah, like along the thing. And the well, ground. also, yeah, but crew, they're going to be in a cracking financial state this year because the the really nice Gresty Road chippy's closed, so. People have to get their match day food at the club, which is horrific, by the way. But again, they're not justifying the price. They're not mm -hmm. giving a £27 experience. And mm -hmm. if you know, I wouldn't be bothered. Let's say if I went to crew and paid 27 quid and I went there and the match day experience was the best experience in the league, mm -hmm. I'd go, fair enough. But when you go to crew and it's 27 quid and you lose, and the food's mm -hmm. absolutely terrible, and yeah. the grounds an absolute. Let's be honest, the grounds an absolute oh, yeah. dive. Mm -hmm. Then you go to Salford. Now people rip on Salford. It's a nice little ground. It's modern. Baptist chips. Yeah, you've got the chips that you've said are nice there, <laughs> and that's what fifteen quid. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh, oh can't remember. It used to be ten. It used to be ten, and it's. I'm sure it's now fifteen quid for a, a, mm -hmm. an adult at, at Salford. Yeah, but then by contrast, Sheffield Wednesday, who obviously aren't League One anymore, but my experience of them was when they were, their food and beverage options were insane. I was telling the girls last night, because we're playing them in um, in August in the Cup, and it'll be interesting to see how the away options differ, but that was a world apart. And in terms of an experience and a stadium, I mean, they're also a bad example because their match day prices in the championship are obscene by all accounts. But um, definitely that experience was of a higher, higher value than Salford or Crew. You should get, I mean, I think if you pay in 20, 25 quid, you should get a, a a voucher, a pie, and a drink. <laughs> you should, because there's no way that the it costs more than a fiver for a pie and a drink. Look, I used to run a yeah. cafe. I used to own a cafe. I know what those costs are. Mm -hmm. it's, you're talking pence mm -hmm. on, on both of them. So, you yeah. know, for me, yeah, give give fans something to you know. Oh, you pay twenty seven quid, but when you get in there, you get a pie, you get a drink. Yeah. It costs the cost the club two quid. But they make five extra than than dropping yeah. a twenty. They've got to do something. It's just we'll um we'll keep talking about this because it's a campaign that you just kicked off. But I'm sure it's got legs and it'll grow. And one of the things that Ryan's just said is the price of football podcast broke down those costs that I was interested in. So we'll dig those out as well and and pull those apart and see if we can um extrapolate them to 2023 because you know, things like electricity and you know various. Yeah resources have gone up since well it goes to show when you look at like electricity and and uh and gas and water they've all gone up cruise prices haven't so it showed that they were making enough money mm, already true. um and if they're now yeah. at that point where it needs to cover them it's like fine but why was it so expensive previous and when these prices drop eventually are your prices going to drop with it? it it doesn't make sense to me when you look at clubs like crawley they're charging mm -hmm. lower than bradford for a season ticket 
Yeah. You look at a club like Salford who get less fans than crew charging 15 quid for an adult. Mm-hmm. There's, it just doesn't add up to me yeah. at all. Look, if you can't fill your ground, which crew can't, let's be fair. No, no, no. No, and, and crew's uh, argument, it, it, I, I'm really interested in the kind of economics of football and, and how this all plays out. So crew's argument is that they are a, a small town with a small population and, and and are competing with your Manchester clubs, Liverpool clubs, you know, that's that's their counter argument. But if they're not, I don't know, it's again, this price elasticity of demand and, and what the sweet spot looks like. Are they ever going to put their prices down? Mm-hmm. Like, does that, because that's not kind of, Good this looks like it, this look, this entire campaign does look like it's just a smear campaign against Crew, which it's not. <laughs> um, there are other clubs. Yeah, just Crew are the most mind. expensive in League Two, which yes, is obviously our league. But you, you look at League One, you've got Bolton charging thirty-seven quid for a League yeah. One game. Leeds in the Championship forty-seven quid, forty-seven pounds to watch a Championship yeah. game at Elland Road. You couldn't pay me forty-seven pounds to go mm-hmm. to Elland Road, but. There's got to be more done. Why Why Bolton in League One think that they offer better value for money than Manchester City is beyond me. Mm. And I know people go, well, Manchester City have got rich owners and they can subsidise. You can't tell me that Bolton have to charge 37 quid for a ticket when Salford can charge 15, when Crawley can charge 180 quid for a season ticket. You, 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 Brad, Let's use Bradford as an example because they're probably comparable in terms of mm-hmm. attendances. I was going to say it's a, a lot of it's about capacity, isn't it? It's yeah, Bradford and Bolton are probably similar in terms of in terms of capacity or in terms of what they get in crowds. Mm-hmm. You're not telling me that we have to charge we charge twenty quid. That's what our match day price is. Mm-hmm. Well, no, walk ups expensive, which I agree with on a day charge more, mm-hmm. but give people the option to pay less yeah. prior. Yeah. You're not telling me we can do it at that price and they have to charge nearly double. Yeah. Or have schemes like they do in the theatre. Um, you know, there are schemes for people on lower income where they, you know, make a certain number of tickets available for every game, maybe a certainly certain number of um season tickets at a preferred rate. And yeah. you know, have because I mean the point behind the campaign, isn't it, is that they're effectively pricing people out of going to football. And yeah, the the kind of rich culture around uh, football supporting and and that is is going to be eroded over over time. We're seeing class come into football. We're seeing class mm-hmm. as football, and it was always the working person's game. And I, I don't think football football has always been for anyone. It's been known as the working person's game, but it, it has always been for anyone. And yeah. anyone can go. Anyone can support. If you can afford more, fantastic. That's mm-hmm. great. That's good for you. Yeah. But would you rather pay 50 quid for a ticket in a stadium that's half empty or 20 mm-hmm. quid in a stadium that's full? Because yeah. just because you can afford doesn't mean your next door neighbour right. can. Doesn't mean and, that that person that you you know you get on really well with at work, they are struggling. Yeah, it's and it's that like criticism that's levelled at Old Trafford, at the Etihad, about the complete absence of any atmosphere because they are tourists they're people that have you know come to go to a game there there's no you lose that terrace culture and and the singing and the like all of my favorite things about going to a football match in terms of the atmosphere it just it just goes 
And that if you're a player, if you're a player and you're you're going to drop into League Two from League One, and you're looking mm-hmm. around at clubs in League One, that's uh, right, in League Two, one of the things you're going to look at is capacity. It's not necessarily yeah. attendance. Obviously, attendance is a great thing, but if someone's got a 50,000-seater stadium and 10,000 fans, and someone's got a 20,000-seater stadium and mm-hmm. 10,000 fans, the 20,000-seater stadium with 10,000 fans is better because it looks fuller. Now, if we all stand up to clubs and say, get rid of these stupid high prices, let's have a set cap, attendances mm-hmm. will rise. Because they are competing with those Manchester clubs. Crew are competing with those Manchester clubs. Mm-hmm. But if, if there's an international break and League One and League Two are playing and the Premiership aren't, there's a lot of Man City and Man United fans mm-hmm. out there with nothing to do on a weekend. They're not going to go drop 30 quid on a club they don't support. No. So there's no incentive yeah. for anyone who's not, bro- unless you are born in Crew, you are taken to Crew or Bolton or Leeds, unless you are mm-hmm. dragged to those clubs as a family and draw- brought up on it, you're not going to choose that club because you simply can't afford and there yeah. are better options out there. And it used to be, you know, that people would choose County as a, as a club because it was exponentially cheaper to go than City or United and also the availability of tickets and you know it was notoriously always very hard to get tickets for the United probably less so for City yeah um so it was it was a financial decision and I think the onus on the clubs as you say is to compensate in terms of costs with experience and with value and some clubs are doing that very well with you know like county has a courtyard and there are other very good examples of very thriving kind of communities around i'm trying to think who else who else have been to this season that had is it Tranmere that have got like the whole beer tent thing in the um oh, at the back crawley have got red spark yeah and they've got an outside fan zone as well yeah now um yeah the, the clubs are doing something but it isn't enough and no. it, it, there needs to be more done because unfortunately gone because of how restricted things that you know you can't drink on the terraces gambling's mm. obviously for a lot of people people love to gamble gambling's been banned inside grounds you can't smoke in grounds so unfortunately the days of turning up and just enjoying the football and it's not enough anymore Mm-hmm. there's got to be something else and like if you've got young kids and they're not quite into football yet give them something to go for kids yeah. clubs we've got one we've got a kids club at bradford it's brilliant mm-hmm. the amount of kids that have come over the last two years that had never been the amount of times i hear it's his first game it's her first game she's never mm-hmm. been before and then they go out and they enjoy the game they've had that experience before and they come back and the, the parents come with them an hour and a half before the game starts yeah well, yeah i go to club. county at half one and then you'll you'll what you'll buy food and drink hmm? because there's something else on. If there's yeah. nothing else on, people are going to turn up at quarter to three, mm-hmm. and then you then you you're kind of stuck in that situation where you've got to charge more because they're not spending enough in the ground. Yeah. But again, that comes from the clubs outsourcing everything as well. Mm-hmm. If a club outsources all its catering, all that stuff, the club shops outsourced everything. There's no incentive for the club to get people there earlier. No. So, um, at the moment, how can people support 20s Plenty? Honestly, just share. All we're asking for is for people to share it out. We're going to have a look at what we can do to to get more publicity. I think what we're going to do is reach out to some clubs and ask mm-hmm. for an opinion. Just, you know, yeah. what is your opinion on this? There will be a lot, any clubs that are 
charging £20 and, and under should be in support of this. I can't see why not, but we're going to challenge the clubs that are charging more, the Crews, the Boltons. Um, there are other clubs in League 2 that are charging 25 22 23 24 mm-hmm. quid. So, yeah, if, if people want to support, it's simple. It's on it's on our Twitter. There's a big post. It's on our website. It's there. Just share. Please just share everything out that you can about it. Tag your friends. Tag your clubs. I think that's the biggest thing. Tag mm-hmm. the clubs themselves. Tag players for your club. Put pressure on. Get people talking about it. And, and not just basically saying these people are moaning about ticket pricing. Yeah. It needs to be we are all collectively fed up of being we're the cash cows for football and owners come owners go players come players go it's like i say to my missus and this is going to be something that's probably going to be controversial for some people but it's fine my missus always says you choose football over me any day and i go yeah because <laughs> football, football was there before you and it'll be there long after mm. and it's true football was the first thing that i had growing up and it'll it'll be there until i die my owner won't <laughs> And on that cheerful comment. <laughs> By the way, my missus isn't my owner. I meant the owner of the club. She's not my owner. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Liv's totally the owner. But she thinks she is. <laughs> right. You're going to finish up this week? Oh, am I finishing up this week? Right. Yeah. So I don't think I've ever finished up. Guys, it's been – I enjoyed this one. I did enjoy this one. We had a, a – you won't know because it gets cut down for the advert in the middle, guys. But we had a bit of a longer break because we had a toilet break this week. I'm liking <laughs> that's in the middle the great um yeah no it's been fun we'll be back next monday i don't know if we've got a special next week have we got a special well, maybe we have got some extra special specials coming up we've got some extra special specials coming mm-hmm. up guys i don't know what they are but some extra special specials <laughs> we'll be back with more transfer talk we'll uh we'll see barnsley have been deducting any points at this stage because we don't know what's going to happen we'll see if anyone else has joined it and uh we'll see if crew have dropped the prices but if they haven't <laughs> we'll keep going guys please share this out like it do whatever you need to do follow the real efl one on twitter we're also on facebook and tiktok <laughs> we're on tiktok yes we are Yay. because we are run by a 17 year old 30 odd year old <laughs> guys thank you very much for watching we'll see you next week bye the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow you've got your McNugget share box on the go and you know what your mates already got booked for double dipping but then late on you steal in grab the last nugget and snatch all three points perfect why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app are you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com 